Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis, another edition of Playtester Picks, this time featuring Tiffany, Mark, and Troy. Welcome, you guys. Hi. Thanks for having us. We are essentially just going to go through what your current favorite items are. So uh, kind of like what I talked about with Jay Britt. Chris, um, in that episode is that we had a bit of a slower start to the first half of the year with product launches and we've got a lot of stuff coming. So curious where you guys are at right now with your go-tos and your current racket of choice, string of choice, all of the above. So we'll just jump right into it. Um, current racket of choice. And then like, is there something else that's always in your bag that also gets a lot of play time? Tiffany, we're going to start with you. Yeah, same racket for me. I'm still playing with the Prince Textream Tour 100P. I actually have the 2015 version. I've been usually using the special Wimbledon cosmetic that came out for a brief time. It's the um, all white version. String setup for me is I'm f- I go back and forth between Vocal Cyclone 17 and Hyper G. And I'm usually, if I get to choose, it's a little bit lower than our usual play test tension. So I'm at around 48 to 50 pounds. Okay. Wow. She kept and it then, nice and concise. <laughs> yeah. Recent, my recent, um, well, that racket, I just, every time I think, oh, you know, it's been, I've had it for a long time. I try, I've looked at the V-Core Pro, um, Yonex V-Core Pro quite a bit as a potential switch, but uh, like when I hit it right next to each other, right next to it, um, I just like. Uh, the 100 version that is the VCore Pro 100. I just like the uh, Techstream Tour 100P is a little bit more stable than the VCore Pro 100. Um, I could look at some of the heavier options, um, but I like that 100 square inch head size. So, and a recent play test that I really in, uh, took me by surprise because it's not usually my spec and it's a little stiffer is that Ego Racket from Technofiber. I really enjoyed that one. I'm glad to hear you say that. I was going to ask you if you if you could see yourself playing with it more. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I guess I, with, with the racket, I'm kind of guilty of just kind of perusing the wall and like, hmm, what is it going to be today? And I've also been hitting the radicals quite a bit. The is that radicals. the one you hit the other day when we were uh, playing? It was, it's not a 295. It's like a 297 or something like that. A 298. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I feel like more people should check it out. Try it out. As you guys would say, <laughs> try it out. Um, and then a question for you, Tiff, real quick. People have been asking about the stiffness of those V-Cores. How, how do you find the feel of that racket? The V-Core Pro or? Uh, you Because you mentioned the V-Core 100, right? V-Core oh, the V-Core Pro, Pro 100. Oh, I'm sorry. Never so mind. That Let's... one hasn't been updated for um, a few years, I feel like. Yeah, so. I, yeah, exactly. Never mind. We know those are pretty comfortable. I had a quick question to follow up with Tiff. Um with the going back to the string, I know you're like, you, you mentioned the string gauge because sometimes I'll string your racket from time to time or whatnot. The seven, the gauging can be a little confusing. Like Selenko's 17 gauge is a 1.20 millimeter. Yeah. Um, and then like vocal 17 is the 1.25 millimeter. And I know you like the, sometimes the thinner polys. Do you prefer the one two Oh or the one two five or 
how thin do you really like it? Oh, the one, two, five. One, two, five. Okay. Yeah. I also like, um, alu power quite a bit. I think they call it a, is it a 16 L? Yeah. Luxalon calls that the 16 L. Yeah. That's the one, two, five. One, two, five. Yeah. Why do they make it so confusing? Especially, I don't know. Like, especially for people like me, like numbers don't resonate very well in my head. So like, especially if it's like different for each brand, you guys. Yeah. That's why when like I recommend to customers, I, I like to just get rid of the gauge number now. And I just say, you know, Hyper G 1.20 or 115 or 125, because there's not an even scale in between brands. Every brand kind of has their own way of saying it. It gets really confusing. But if you just pay attention to the actual number, um, like Luxalon does a pretty good job now. They just call it 125, 130, 115. So, yeah. yeah. And I've noticed the players now, like the, a lot of the pros will just use that as reference too, which is again, very helpful. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Mark, what's your current, I mean, you always have a bunch of fun stuff. So what's like number one in rotation and what's like behind number one? <laughs> kind of snoop around in your bag from time to time. You do have some nice rackets in there for sure. Yeah. Um, you guys know me, if it's got some extra length on it, I probably have it on the tennis court. Uh, still home for me would be the Ezo 98 plus. Uh, that said, there's a lot of other rackets that are hanging out next to my desk or in my bag. Most of them do have uh, extended length, but not all of them. Uh, I, I really like uh, Tiff's 100P and the other racket I was going to mention and bring up that's pretty comparable is that Headspeed Pro. I just kind of feel like both those rackets, super versatile. If you're the long point counter puncher like myself or more of a short point aggressive player, I think that racket really complements just about anybody and that spread out 18 main uh, gives you a, a reasonable uh, launch angle. I can still shape my shots, uh, but you feel really connected to to the ball. So I really like that Speed Pro. Um, if I was going with a racket that was uh, just standard length, I might choose one of those two rackets for sure. And then I'm definitely enjoying that new uh, Black Ace Pro. Um, kind of onto a lot of these 305 rackets, whether they have extended length or not. I feel like I'm really playing well with that frame type. And uh, that's what's in my bag if I'm not sneaking it out of yours. <laughs> hey, man, might, might have to start calling him Pitbull, Mr. 305. <laughs> hey, talk about area code. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. Um, also, someone on YouTube suggested that we do a dad joke. <laughs> they, uh, oh, fire away. <laughs> segment. So I feel like that's on brand. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Mr. 305. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Booty and I, I go and peruse his selection every now and then <laughs> as well. I've got plenty of guilty pleasures in my bag for sure. The same. Um, Troy. You're getting back out on the court. I saw you on the court calendar today. Yep. So what is the current go-to? Like every Friday, if I have a hit, Fridays are like fun hits. You play with whatever you want, what you like. So what are you hitting with today? So my kind of fallback racket, kind of like Booney just said too, uh, we both are pretty fond of the, the E-Zone 98+. Plus. Um, it's just probably my favorite extended racket on the market. The only thing is, is there's so many good rackets, standard length rackets on the market. I feel like me and Mark both wish we could get our custom or, or, you know, I wish there was more rackets that we could make extended. Mm -hmm. um, reason being is the other racket that I've been hitting a lot lately. And it's a kind of a 2021 release um, is the V core 95. So I really like that racket. That's probably my favorite, like pleasure racket just to hit with. Cause I love the feel of it. There's so much uh, control and you can kind of really like be crafty with it, command the ball, kind of like 
you know, the style that I play, but there's also for a 95, it's also pretty forgiving. It plays with a little bit bigger sweet spot and it also has decent pop or power, you know, for a 95, not, not a boomstick, you know, like a, you know, a pure drive plus or something like that, but it gives you that good blend of like feel precision control and a little bit of pop. And I also really like, and I know Mark too, we both kind of are fond of those 1620 patterns because they're kind of like right in between the the super open spin friendliness and high launch angle and sort of that dead or really low launch angle, the 1820. So I like that balance of, of characteristics. And of course, uh, at the weight that it's at, most people that know my spec range, I do have it weighted up. Uh, the one I've been hitting has a leather grip and uh, some head weight at like three and nine, 10 and two. So the swing weight's around 330 and it's closer up to 12 ounces. So that V-Core 95 is a really fun one. The only thing is like we talk about extended rackets. I wish I could try an extended version of it, um, but who knows, maybe one day. And Yonex already has the V-Core 98 plus, which is a pretty nice option as well. So I have a, a quick question for you, Troy. Uh, everyone knows you're really fond of the 6195. So if you're waiting up that V-Core 95, is that kind of filling the gap or bridging the gap for that racket missing? Yeah, for sure. I would say someone asking, you know, for, for modern rackets or current offerings to replace a 6195. Um, I would say that's definitely one of them with some added weight. You know, if you get it up closer to that 330 gram unstrung weight, closer to a 330 swing weight, that definitely is one that I would say kind of fills the void. And it also kind of with the string pattern, it kind of sits in the two old uh, six one options, which were 1820 and 1618. It has kind of a, a string pattern that either of those players could probably do well with. Nice. We're going to have to do a whole episode on string patterns and some of the outliers because um, there's a lot of people that like those like unique, not unique, but like less popular string patterns. And I know you guys are well versed in that topic also. Oh, we're all in that same room. I think we call it the nerdery. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, some people are like cool kids about it, though. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes, you know, like J-Dub, he'll just make his own pattern, you know, he'll bust out with like a eight by 10, oh, eight by 10 you know, <laughs> I know. Speaking of J-Dub and his, uh, his eccentric <laughs> style, um, let's talk a little bit about strings. Tiff already mentioned a couple. He's like got me on this new like multi-filament campaign. So it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> but you guys, what are your favorite strings right now? And since Tiff kind of already mentioned Hypergy and Lux ALU, we'll go in reverse order. Troy, why don't you start? Well, I mean, I kind of just piggyback off Tiff. Those are probably some of some of my favorites too, uh, whether it's Cyclone, Hypergy. Um, I like Alu Power as well. Um, and then from there, you know, <laughs> probably still a couple out of, of Mark's book, but we all really like like the Head Links Tour ever since that string came out. Um, and to me, it, you know, it's, it's not hugely different from like a string like hyper G. So that totally makes sense. Um, but those are some of my favorites and then maybe a couple that are kind of lesser known and really good budget strings that go way back to even before I worked here, which is quite a few years now, uh, Signum pro poly plasma. That's a really good solid round shaped, uh, consistent string. That's like only like $8 or something like that on our website. Uh, the Kirschbaum Proline X, that's another one that's a round shaped, um, just really good, consistent playing poly. Um, and then from there, we, you know, we all like this, the other Solinko strings like Torbite and Confidential. Those are pretty um, easy to switch into as well. So um, I'm going to hop right in real quick and say 
I love that you mentioned the Kirschbaum and Signum Pro strings because someone recently, I was doing a clubhouse chat and they were asking like, oh, how do you guys, how does Tennis Warehouse feel about Signum Pro and Kirschbaum? And I was like, it's actually, they're two brands that make really great string at a great price point, but we don't push them enough. So it's good to give them a shout and remind people that you don't have to pay um, a ridiculous amount for your polyester strings or cobalt. Yeah, no, those are, those are, those are great quality strings. I'd say the the quality of the string and the durability is right up there with, you know, some of the Luxalons that are $10 more expensive than the price of those strings. So, yeah. And yeah. I think not everybody, I mean, we like a lot of shape polys, but some of the round ones do play really good, really consistent. And they also work probably a little bit better in hybrids sometimes because they're not, not as much uh, friction on the edges there. So. Yeah. Mark, what, what do you got? I'm just going ditto with what everyone said. And then you probably know that I've got one <laughs> hybrid set up that I just can't resist to bring up. And that's the Ashaway Crossfire ZX. Uh, you know, that was a pro blend string was something that my parents tried to put me into as a junior to, to keep the string from breaking so fast. But once I left that string, I never thought I'd go back to another hybrid again. But you guys dialed me into that set. And that has become one of my favorite uh, feeling string beds just with the ZX and the way they braid that other type of uh, Kevlar, it really is astonishingly different than Pro Blend. A lot softer, a lot grippier on the ball. I know you like the Pro Blend. It was just <laughs> a little too uh, control oriented for my old manness for sure. Uh, but yeah, the Hyper-G's, the Confidential, Links Edge, uh, Links Tour. And again, I, I definitely will uh, add to the Curse Bomb theme and that they're really consistent like Troy and Tiffany mentioned in that they pre-stretch them. So it does seem like the poly has a better or a, a longer tension maintenance. Um, so overall, Proline Evolution, I think that was maybe the only one that wasn't mentioned, that light blue 17 gauge poly. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of those Signum strings and Kirschbaum, those are like anchor uh, monofilament companies, which probably make other strings for other companies you're just not aware of. But uh, yeah, they're top notch for sure. Speaking of pro blend, pro line, Prince, anyways, <laughs> um, someone was like kind of low key trolling me the other day. Not really, because he's really the, one of the nicest humans in this building, but said he was reading the review on that string setup and kind of like, oh, you really like it. And I was like, yep, I pulled it out and played a whole set of doubles with it. So I still like that, um, that hybrid. <laughs> Tiff, have you been hitting any hybrids? Um, no, you know, actually, you, I, typically string with full poly right now, just because we're all of our play test rackets are um, full beds of poly. So I feel like it's a nice, easy transition between my racket and then whatever we're play testing. But I do uh, wanted to mention some of the multifilaments that I like to use. Uh, yeah. I, we did a test on it. Not, I don't know. It's been a few months. It's probably been longer than um, <laughs> I live in some sort of time warp, but um I really liked Velocity MLT. I think that's a great price point and it, it, it's more control than some other of the multis out there. So it's, and, and it's, it's at its price, I think is a good option for um, those looking for um, a multi for a hybrid. And then on the premium side, I'm, my favorite uh, multi would be the X1 Biphase from Technofiber. The, I just really like the clean feel of that one the feel of that multi. I, I don't know if that it can be beat. I just, that's my favorite. Okay. So let's transition a little bit away from rackets and talk about some shoes. Um, I've had a rough play test week in terms of shoes. So 
I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna start with Mark because I know you're always so positive. What's your current shoe of choice, and what are some runner ups that you would be happy wearing on the court? Resolution Eight is definitely a shoe that I feel really comfortable and confident in. I don't ever feel like I'm going to hurt myself. I haven't yet. Um, it's got like you know Troy will mention in a lot of his videos whether or not the shoe has sufficient amount of cushioning under the ball and heel of your feet, but not so much that you're kind of like sitting on a, you know, a kind of a roll of charm and tissue. Yeah. So they really strike the balance between giving me enough cushion for heel strike uh, kind of uh, guarding against that. But I feel contacted to the court lateral movements, pretty easy. So I'm not too high, not too low. It's for me like a, a meat and potato shoe, so to speak. It pretty much does everything that it needs to do for my feet. Yeah, and like I said in the review, when we reviewed that shoe, and I said, that's Boonie's shoe, just like Monfils, man. <laughs> they both rely on their wheels, baby. <laughs> Seriously, though, I mean, come on. <laughs> Troy, what about you? Yeah, I mean, Del Rez 8 is definitely a go-to for me, kind of a fallback option, um, just does everything great. And for it being stable and, you know, really durable and sturdy, they've never had to really sacrifice comfort kind of like I felt about like older barricades, which were like super stable, very firm, but to the point where like getting a little like toe crunch going on sometimes, I think the gel res does that perfect blend of like performance, stability, support, still being pretty comfortable. So that's a great one. But uh, the shoe that I have on my feet right now, um, probably my favorite shoe in the last year or so is the, uh, the Marcos Giron uh, K-Swiss Hypercourt Supreme. Um, a lot of the shoes that I've been liking lately are just all about comfort. Um, and this one for how light it is, you know, being in that vapor range, it has really good comfort. Uh, I think the fit is kind of like, they did a really good job of like still keeping it accommodating for like a slightly wide foot, but it's not like overly roomy where I feel like I'm swimming around in it. I kind of feel that way about some other K-Swiss shoes, like maybe like the Express 2 is a, maybe just a little too roomy for me. This one's a little more glove-like. So really love that shoe. And then if I had to mention another one uh, that's all about comfort is the Nike GP Turbo, just super plush. Um, that thing is just like super smooth. I think I mentioned it before, but it's like riding in a Cadillac, man. You're just like cruising. It's just so well padded. Um, so those are some of my faves. Sweet. Tiff, I'm going to let you take it right from there. You can yeah. piggyback off of Troy. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Because yeah, same. Well, my Supremes, um, I'm still wearing them, but uh, I've worn them so much that the uh, outsole is on its way out. So I'm pretty much wearing those like just to go to the gym now and I need to pick up another pair for the court. But right now my um, shoe that you'll see me wearing when I'm not playtesting shoes is the another case with shoe. I have that wider foot. It's a they often make shoes that fit my feet really well, is the Ultra Shot 3. We did play test those previously, and they're holding up pretty well. I think they're going to last longer than my Supremes. And uh, after that, you know, you pick up another pair of Supremes, and then another favorite of mine, the longtime favorite, is the now called the Stella Court. used to be the Stella Barricade. Just I love the feel of the, the boost cushioning. So um, those are my top three. I Yeah, those would be my rotation shoes. I love that. And in the previous episode for our listeners with the other play testers that did their picks, I didn't tell these guys what they picked, but you guys are almost like spot on on the same picks. Um, and we kind of discussed how we've noticed some of the customers haven't had great experiences with the gel resolution eight. And we really like that shoe and kind of mentioned that maybe if 
you get it and you wear it for a week and you really don't like it, you kind of toss it to the side, like kind of just stick through it because it's one of those shoes that continues to get better. I put some on this morning actually. Um, and I was like, ah, <laughs> like my feet were just like happy. Um, so those are all great picks. And now Tiff, I'm like, dang, I need to get another pair of Stella Quartz because I haven't worn that shoe in a while. And I know it's all the ladies love that shoe. So yeah, I have a pair. I mean, I just wouldn't wear the, the outsole is bald. I've had them for so long. So, I mean, I wear them to walk around in because the upper looks fairly decent. The toe is scuffed, but it didn't ever get a hole or anything. But yeah, I can't wear them on court anymore. <laughs> I do need a new pair too. I also have this like horrible habit. It's not a horrible habit, but my sister and my mom wear the same size shoe as me. And sometimes my sister will see shoes that were play testing and she'll be like, oh my gosh, those are so cute. And like the Hypercourt Supreme that we play tested in that blue pink colorway, she was obsessed. So I gave them to her and now I have FOMO. Like I want them back. <laughs> Enough about me and my problems. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Gear. Okay. More like court accessories. Is there something that you guys need to have on court right now? That's not necessarily racket or shoe or string. Like what's in your bag. That's like a must have every time you're on the court. Must have. I'm pretty, I pretty minimal, no dance or anything like that. I mean, obviously water, but, uh, (laughs) Wilson pro overgrip, especially right now. I'm not a huge sweater. So like, I don't need, um, the super dry grips or anything like that. But yeah, the Wilson Pro Overgrip always makes it feel a little bit better when I'm playing, just manages the better grip. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, we could talk overgrips too. Uh, Boonie and Troy, I know Troy always adds a leather. So what's your... Not not always, okay. not always. <laughs> <laughs> what's your grip situation? And which, if you have a leather grip that you're adding, what kind is it? <laughs> yeah. So so most of the time, yes, I do prefer if there's, if the weight allows me to, you know, have the room to add some handle weight or whatever, I usually do. The one thing that I, I don't typically put or t- rackets that I don't typically put a leather grip on or ones that are already pretty stiff so if it's like kind of that modern like pure drive or you know uh, something that's already close to 70 stiffness that's usually when I don't put a leather on because then it just makes the racket even more firm but um, yeah usually a leather grip I like the t-dub private label one the head leather grips really nice Uh, there's a few that I I mean I'm not super picky because uh, I'm going to end up putting an overgrip on top anyways it's just mainly for that feel or that firm feel Um, but yes for overgrip exactly what Tiff said. Love the Wilson Pro. Um, I also like the Yonex Super Grap. I could go either way with those two um, overgrips. They're both great, good durability. And yeah, um, I can use Turnagrip and other dry grips, but I prefer the the Pro Overgrip and the Super Grap, kind of that tacky and also absorbent kind of blend. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much for grips. I don't know. What do you got? Uh, I have a question. I noticed we have black T-Dub private label grips. Have we had those for a while or is that kind of new? I think it's uh, at least a few months now or maybe longer. Um, Yeah, because I do have a racket that I I threw a black one on because I think at one point we only had black ones here at the Slow Warehouse versus ATL. Um, But yeah, we've had them for a little while now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it feels pretty similar. I really like the feel of the the outside of the, the black leather grip. Um, had a nice texture to it, but like I said, I do put a overgrip on top, so it's not like I'm actually using that on hand. Um, and I think the weight of them is pretty similar. I mean, if anything, that black one did feel pretty dense, so it felt like it put a good amount of uh, heft onto it. Yeah, I don't know if the the dye or anything adds a little bit of grams to it or something, but yeah, it felt good. 
Well, for me, uh, unlike Tiff, I am a sweater. Tell me a good joke. Feed me some medium salsa. I'm already sweating. So sweat band for sure. Uh, turn a grip, over grip, something dry to absorb the sweat. Uh, and then, you know, I'm obviously not going to have them on my in my bag. They're going to be on my person. But like something like a Adidas Ergo short, they're very uh, porous and they dry before they even get wet. So everything for me this time of year playing out, trying to play outdoor a little bit more, get outside of that gilded cage court we have. Uh, but even there, it gets really hot. It's like a terrarium on a hot day. So it, for me, it's all about ventilation, breathability. Uh, so I'm going to definitely get some double wide wristbands here pretty quick uh, to anticipate the the extra heat that you know we're all going to be playing in. So yeah, everything for me is all about just keeping the perspiration river from flowing down my wrist onto the handle. And then uh, obviously I'm not breaking too many strings, but I probably will bring at least one extra racket, not for purposes of busting the strings, but just because I'll dampen the handle so much, I'm going to switch to the other racket. So that's pretty much what I'll have in my bag. And then uh, just one thing I noticed, Booney, uh, on the overgrips, so I noticed that lately you've been using some of those Yonex green ones. Yes. That's the dry grip, right? I do yeah, like yeah, those. Yeah, you like those that one too. Really nice grips. Chris likes those also. <laughs> so I know at one point it was pretty cool because Yonex had, I think they were uh, a promo to get more people to try the dry grab. So it was like super grab and dry grab and a little uh, promo piece, which is cool to get people to just experiment with other sensations on their grip. Um, what else? I feel like we covered everything really quickly and efficiently in this podcast. Is there anything else like on the court that's something or even off the court? I know um, with Troy, you're recovering still with the knee and that Theragun is always hey, like, you, hey. you so much. Okay. Oh, my word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you go, you go. <laughs> no, that, that was the next thing I was going to get into. We're just talking like miscellaneous items or other, other um, items besides our core racket string shoe but yeah i've been using the theragun a lot um i know you know most customers are gonna look at the price point on some of those things on our website and be like oh it's a little um a little steep but they're definitely a good investment i think the cheaper price point ones or the lower ones are around the 200 mark or something mm -hmm. like that but whether it's you know just investing in that or using i think on our website we have an after pay or something you know like it's definitely worth it um the one i've been using has like a a high speed setting and a lower speed setting. But uh, yeah, most mornings and evenings I'll use that, whether it's on like my quads or my calves to kind of keep the, the muscles around my knee nice and loose. Um, and then early mornings, you know, you get to work and you're drinking the coffee and you feel the, the twinges in your neck or your shoulders. And it really does a good job of like, yeah, I can't always afford someone to, to give me a, a full on hand massage. And uh, it feels really good on the upper part of your back, the lower part of your back. You know, you can get most regions with it. And uh, it does a good job of like loosening up that tissue. If you have any kinks, you know, you put it on there for 15, 20, 30 seconds. And after that, you know, you felt like you went through a meat tenderizer. <laughs> like really, it really like loosens up the, the cartilage and the muscles. So it's, it's pretty nice and it's definitely worth the investment, I think. And they should last, you know quite a while rechargeable they're, they're really nice uh, devices so you say the lower price points about 200 like we could look it up on the site i think they're somewhere around there like we have like the mini which i think mm -hmm. was close, close yeah, to that price point and then they go up from there yeah the mini is 200 that's the cost of two massages for me right there so right yeah i know tiff you're a big fan also yeah yeah i really like that and then if i don't have the theragun usually you can find the uh tiger balm <laughs> upper drawer desk drawer yeah. 
And then we all love the smell. We're like, mm, Tiger Balm, nostalgia. <laughs> um, actually, I had also gotten asked this question this week, and I think Booney and Troy, you might be really good at answering it. And someone had at- said that their daughter is learning how to string, and she wanted to know what the best string um, stringer we would suggest. Um, she was looking at. She was looking at portable options, but she was just looking about be- best string machines yeah. <laughs> to learn how to string and then obviously be able to cut down on the cost of taking her rackets to a stringer every time. She's a high-performing junior, you know, trying to train to become pro player. So she's obviously going through a lot of strings and um, the family realized that this would be a great investment. And I'm no expert on string machines. So what do you guys have to say? I'm going to default with Troy. I might have uh, been stringing for a longer period of time, but I've also learned a lot more from Troy. So I'm just going to politely default this direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely, in a, in a situation like hers and a lot of junior or tournament players in general, someone that's wanting to restring the racket or needing to by breaking strings, it's a great investment. And it really, I mean, if you put in the time or watch a couple of videos, um, it really doesn't take all that long to become, you know, sufficient at stringing your own racket um you can go you know very basic you know with just like i think one of our lowest price point machines is a you know it's a drop weight machine it's around i think the two to three hundred dollar mark kind of like you know the old school stringers will call it the clipper mate you know like we don't sell clipper mate but that was kind of like one of the original um drop weight machines that people would use back in the day they are um they're okay for stringing your racket but if you're gonna really you know put the time and the effort into it. I typically suggest going up in price point a bit, you know, whether it's saving up some money or, you know, just making sure you're worth that investment. Um, I would say that, and I, I can look on, we can look on the website. I think there's a, um, a gamma and an alpha version, but I would go with a crank machine, a lockout machine, kind of like the, the machine that we use pretty frequently, uh, which we use a Prince Neos 1000. Um, but I think, I forget the name of the gamma. It's like a 200 and then there's an alpha Revo. But uh, I think the lockout um, mechanical crank machine is a good way to go. They're easy to maintenance. They're easy to use. Um, and also would probably recommend going, uh, you can go basic with a two-point mount. But um, if you're, you know, a little bit more worried about like preserving your frame over time, if you're going to be stringing like every week or a couple weeks, you might want to go with like a six-point mounting system. And those uh, just secure the racket a little bit more throughout the hoop. So there's a, a little less warping and bending of the frame, even though it's really slight and you wouldn't really see it much when you're stringing, you do notice it over time. So um, I don't know if you have the list of the machines up. I do, but this also just reminds me that we definitely need an episode on this because you, I mean, there's so much, um, there's so many questions about these things. Um so the Alpha machine currently on our website, it's called the Alpha Revo 4000, which is a pretty nice machine. We have it at 779. Um, it has, it does have the six point mounting system, which helps pr- preserve the frame. It also has uh, the crank tensioner, the mechanical tensioner. So pretty easy use. Uh, it's got swivel clamps, which are really nice. And even though it is set up, like you can put it on a tabletop or like a, you know, like a level surface, I think these machines can also be adapted into getting a stand as well. So you could purchase that. So that that's a good example of it. And then 
Um, as far as the gamma machine I'm looking or I was referring to, I don't think we have it on the site right now, but it was right around, I think like somewhere in the 800 price range. Turner has a really nice one on our site right now. The Turner 300 CS really nice looking one, uh, six point mount crank tensioner. So those are some examples, you know, in that range from like 700 to about a thousand. Um, but that definitely is something that I would consider investing in, even though you can just start out with like a drop weight machine. Awesome. That that's a great answer. And I think a lot of people will find that insightful. So may I add uh, one thing to that, please. Uh, my parents bought me a machine with a tensioner, very similar uh, to the Neos 1000 and the tensioners that are on these machines Troy was talking about. And that was back in the 1980s. That machine still pulls a good tension these days. So the longevity of these tensioners and the mechanical machines, it's already tested. So, you know, I'll be able to string on that machine for many years. The only thing that's ever been an issue with it would be the pins inside the clamps that kind of hold the clamps together. You know, when you do that so many times, it eventually stresses that pin out. But that's something that's replaceable from like true, vo- true value hardware or whatever. Um, and besides that, it really gave me an extra facet of appreciation for my racket and just tennis. You know, you're stringing your own racket. You really get the idea of how deflection is a really important part of the whole process. Um, and it got me away from having a newspaper uh, delivery job. That was my job is stringing my dad's rackets, my own. And uh, it was a, it ended up paying for the machine many times over. So it was a, you know, it was a good investment. Definitely. Hey, any kids listening to this right now? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> a newspaper? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, Robbing the streets on his BMX bike, (laughs) chucking newspapers. (laughs) Too funny. Okay. Well, for sure, we're going to do a stringing episode because there's so many things that I could keep talking about, but um, we'll save that for a future episode. For the the string machine episode, uh, we'll have to kidnap Jada. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell him. It will just like take him, bring him in. Everyone wants more Jada, but he's really hard to wrangle. (laughs) Uh, He's good with food. You can lure him in with like some baked goods from uh, House of Bread. Okay. Baked goods and coffee and (laughs) maybe a bang. Okay. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll just start recording without him. Yeah. Yeah. He won't even know. (laughs) This this new string machine idea. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to talk about string machines. I'm really curious. Um, Great. Is there anything else that you guys want to mention that are like must have play tester items that like are essential to your game? I did fail to mention one thing. Yeah. Let's hear it. Hats, you know, <laughs> you want some kind of coverage, whether it's a baseball cap or I just am really enjoying that Americana <laughs> Adidas, um, something to cover the years. Uh, that's definitely a must for me. That bucket hat, bucket hats are in, they're trending. Nice T dub, you know, trucker hat, flex fits. That one thing that's really cool about this hat that I didn't even know before I bought it, it's I forget the name of it on our site, but it's one of our tennis warehouse. I think it's a flex trucker, it actually has the the buttons in the back, mm-hmm. but it's also a flex fit. It's got stretchy. It's like got a stretchy band. So nice. not oh. only can you custom fit it with the the buttons, but it also has a little bit of give to it, which is something that most trucker hats don't have. So it's like super comfortable. Yeah. I, I love trucker hats, but I also heard <laughs> trucker hats are chuggy and in style right hey, now. <laughs> you know? I, I just think back to 2000, you know, early 2000 Andy Roddick, man, with the Reebok trucker. So oh, there you go. they want to call that Chugi, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> I get extra points for finally using the word Chugi in a podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
Tip, any other last last minute essentials? I wear a hat too, a trucker hat. Uh, I have a T-Dub trucker hat too. Um, No, I always carry extra socks. Hey, that's essential. Change those socks. Especially (laughs) during the summer. I I guess me and Booney are probably one of the few that still use dampeners on the T-Dub playtest team, but you know. I love I love my uh, you know T Dub the oval dampener because I I've always just liked like a smaller rounder you know small round dampener I never was really like big into the worms or the ones that like soak up a ton of vibration but just something simple so kind of my go tos are the T Dub uh, oval dampener which is like fifty cents that we saw on the site so give us a call and we'll we'll throw one in one of those in there for free man and then um, I also like the just out of nostalgia, I like the uh, the Sampras donut, the little the rubber donut dampener. That's always a good one because it's it's very minimal on how much you know it actually mutes the string bed, but it does give you that nice solid sound. That's that's probably one of the biggest things I got hooked on dampeners is just that that solid sound on impact with the full bed of poly. I don't really like that ping or that sort of like boing sound with the full bed of poly and no dampener. But hey, you guys do it so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's also on the agenda. Uh, pro con, state your case, dampeners, no dampeners. We're going to do an episode and you guys are going to have to be the pros. Hey, I mean, Rafa, Novak. <laughs> and then you could even make the slight case for Roger with his power pads. Right. So, ooh, that's essentially the same thing, right? Starting the debate. <laughs> it's going to be like full on debate. I'm going to have like the timer out. You're going to have your two minutes. There's going to be rebuttal. It will be fun. <laughs> Go back to my old pre-law days. (laughs) Okay, cool. Thanks, you guys, so much for joining. If anyone out there has any questions on any of the gear we mentioned or even questions on your own gear, you can always reach out to us. Uh, Thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of your week, day, whenever you're listening. Enjoy some tennis. So happy hitting. This is great. Thank you very much. And uh, Troy, thanks for letting me share a rectangle with you. I love it. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting. Happy hitting.